Good morning. Merry Christmas. Marriage is the old word for joyful, joyous Christmas. Sometimes Mary sounds funny. Joyful, joyous Christmas to you this morning. We are this morning going to look at uh, a brief text in the Old Testament in Isaiah chapter 9, and then its fulfillment in the life and work of Christ in the New Testament, and we're going to allow a lot of Scripture to interpret Scripture and unpack a very simple sentence from the lips of Jesus. But we'll start in Isaiah chapter 9. I'm going to read verses 2 and 6, and then I'm going to jump ahead to John chapter 8, verse 12. Isaiah 9 in verse 2, it says that the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness... On them a light has shone. Verse 6 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and his peace there will be no end. In John chapter 8 verse 12, Jesus says this, again Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Pray with me. Father in heaven, we have gathered on this uh, Christmas day, this Lord's day, because we want to worship you, to know you, to love you, to hear from you, for your word to speak into our lives with fresh uh, truth and power, for you to capture us again for yourself, to belong to you, to walk with you. So Father, would you come near this morning and speak in our midst the truth that is contained here in these verses. For we ask and we pray it in Jesus' name, amen. The scripture declares, Old Testament and New, that our world walks in a deep darkness. It is to those who walked in a deep darkness that the light has come. And the message of Christmas is that a great light has dawned. That is the message. The prophecy is that the world who walks in a deep darkness, it is on Christmas morning that the light has dawned, that the light shines now into the world. And we're told it's because unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And it is this child, the Son of God, who is the light of the world. And so in John chapter 1, just after he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, he says this in verses 4 and 5 and 9. He says, in Him, that is in Jesus, was life, and the life was the light of men, and that light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. It says, a true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. That's Christmas. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory. When this child grew up, Jesus, He declared, I am the light of the world. He said, that's me. The, the, the Isaiah passage in John clearly says, a light was coming into the world that gives light to every man, the true light. And Jesus stands and says, I am the light of the world, and if you follow me, then you won't walk in darkness. This is one of 
That statement in verse 12 is one of seven I am statements. Some of you may know in the book of John, there are seven statements, I am statements attributed to Jesus. I am the good shepherd. I am the bread of life. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the light of the world. These should be immediately jolting to the system. The magnitude of what he says should jolt us. Who says things like that? And it's really outrageous. It's crazy talk. Part of our discomfort is it is not just set himself apart from other people. Would it be odd for me to stand up and say, I'm the bread of life? Right? And if you feast on me, you'll live, or I'm the light of the world, follow me. Right? They're outrageous statements on the lips of almost any person. And it's not just because he's setting himself, setting himself apart from us, but he actually infringes on the divine. What he is claiming for himself. He's talking like God. It is God himself who reveals himself to us as light. In Micah chapter 7, verse 8, it says that when I sit in darkness, the Lord, God, will be a light to me. Right? So that verse in Isaiah where the world walks in darkness and on them a great light has shown that light is God himself. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. Psalm 27.1 says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. He is my saving light. He is the one who shines in the darkness and saves us. It is God who is the light of the world. You see in 1 John 1.5, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. God alone is light. God is light. He is the light who dispels the darkness, but Jesus regularly claimed for himself titles and rights and privileges and powers that belong to God. But he would claim them for himself. John chapter 10, verses 30 and 31, he says, I and the Father are one. The Jews knew what he was saying because it says the Jews picked up stones again, not the first time that they wanted to stone him for blasphemy. He says, I and the Father are one. They want to stone him. That's what I say when he, he speaks, he talks like God. His statements are outrageous. Jesus told the paralytic, if you remember, they tear a hole in the roof when he's teaching and they lower the paralytic down and Jesus tells the paralytic, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Mark chapter 2, verse 7, the next thing it says is, the Pharisees say, he's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? He talks like God. Who does he think he is? And they're right. There's a profound tension with Jesus uh, that he cannot just be a good teacher. And some people, it is very common these days to say, well, you know, Jesus was a good teacher and all, right? He said some nice things. There's some good teaching we can get from him, but kind of leave him in that category. He wasn't any more than that. I don't know what all this is about at Christmas, but he can't be a good teacher because good teachers never say things like this. You say, Robert's a good teacher. And then in my teaching, I tell you, I'm the light of the world. 
I've stopped being a good teacher at that point, right? I'm either a lunatic or I'm lying, right? This is C.S. Lewis's argument about Jesus, if you take the scripture seriously. He says he's Lord or he's a liar or he's a lunatic, right? He's either Lord and, and he's telling the truth. When he says these things, he's telling the truth. So he, he can say them. But if it's not true, then he's either a liar or he's nuts. He's a lunatic. But what he is not, and Lewis says, let's just put away any foolish notions that he's just a good teacher. Because statements like this rule that out. Any of the I am statements, forgiving sins, these things are blasphemy unless they're true. My friends, the truth that we celebrate at Christmas is the invasion of God into human history, the dawning of the light of life, that he is who he says he is, and this is where he comes down to. Who does Jesus claim to be, and is he who he says he is? We celebrate this at Christmas, and we sing, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, one of my favorite lines in all the Christmas carols that we ever sing, Veiled in flesh the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity, pleased as man with man to dwell. Jesus, our Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God comes to us in the person of Jesus. He breaks into history like the rising of the sun. And he says, I am. I am the light of the world. And so he makes his claim. In doing so, he calls us out of darkness. I am the light of the world, so whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. You dwell in a land of deep darkness. The world is there. But if you follow me, you will step out of darkness into light. You will not walk in darkness. You'll have the light of life. Matthew chapter 4, this verse from Isaiah that those who walked in, darkness, in deep darkness have seen a great light. Matthew quotes that and, and says Jesus fulfills it. The prophecy of Isaiah is pointing to this promise of Jesus. I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. A light has dawned. Like the rising of the sun. And so we step back and look at the darkness for just a moment. To understand when he says you won't walk in darkness... We understand that, biblically speaking, and as God sees it, that wherever God does not reign, darkness does. Wherever God does not reign, darkness does. God, I am, he is light, and in him is no darkness. Where God reigns, there is light, and there's no darkness. But where there's no God reigning, there is darkness. Deep darkness. And it's only when a soul submits to God... And we step out of that darkness. Psalm 82.5 says, They have neither knowledge nor understanding. They walk about in darkness. Right? So it is this lack of knowledge and understanding that is the darkness in which the world walks. 
that it does not see and understand the world as God sees it, as God designed it, as God made it, as the moral fabric that he has woven into it, the, that he stands as God over it, that he is Lord and King, and they have neither knowledge. A fool says in his heart there is no God. They have neither knowledge nor understanding, and so they walk about in darkness. Where God does not reign, darkness does. Where the truth is blotted out, Lies are believed, there's rebellion and godlessness. Psalm 419 says, the way of the wicked is deep darkness. And they do not know over what they stumble. Right, there's a picture of them maybe walking into a room where the lights are out and it's pitch black. And you walk into the room and you jam your shin into the coffee table as you turn and stumble over the chair and fall like this this image of the, the, the wicked walking in darkness and they don't know over what they stumble. They can't see what's what. They don't know the, the nature of things. And so they're stumbling, falling. The nature of darkness is that it hides the truth. That it hides the true nature of things. You can't see. You stumble. There's back into spiritual and moral terms. There's moral chaos and insanity because in the darkness you can't see what's what and so Isaiah 5 20 says woe to those who call evil good and good evil who put darkness for light and light for darkness woe to those who call evil good and good evil does that sound familiar we live in a very bizarre time where wicked things are celebrated and called good. And then good things, because it is at odds with what they're now calling good, are evil and need to be canceled and need to be put out. They replace light for darkness and darkness for light. They call it progress. It's progressive. It's darkness and it's moral chaos. Because where God is not acknowledged, where the word is not honored and obeyed, there is moral and spiritual darkness. Jesus said in John 3, everybody knows John 3.16, um, a, a very familiar few verses later, he says this, everyone who does wicked things hates the light, which is why they hated him. He said, they hated me, they're going to hate you, but take heart because they hated me first. Right? And everyone who does wicked things hates the light and doesn't come into the light. Why? Because your works will be exposed. This is what we experience in the world. It hates the light. It doesn't just say, let's, we hear a lot of talk about tolerance, but there, there, there can't be tolerance. Darkness hates the light. Because it hated Christ and crucified him. The world is increasingly hostile to Jesus. Evil is exposed for what it is. And so Jesus says, whoever follows me, whoever believes in me, whoever obeys my word, steps into the light and does not walk in darkness. He opens the eyes of the blind, one of those images of going from darkness, to sight, to see what's what, to not stumble around in darkness like one who is blind or in the dark room. The world now, we're obsessed with inner feelings. That you are whatever you feel. Or self-centered. 
our own feeling-centered. The truth is not out there. The truth is in here. And in a sense, it becomes God. I obey whatever I feel. And I make my own world and I save myself. I actualize myself. Jesus calls us out of darkness, of self-centeredness. And that self-centeredness is at the essence and the heart of sin and darkness. It's to go from being God-centered for the God who made us, hearing His word, His ways, to see His light, to let Him define reality, to becoming self-centered. Did God really say? And then to do our own thing. Jesus calls us out of the darkness of self-centeredness to turn back to God, to step into the light of truth. And so light shines here at Christmas. We celebrate the birth of Christ. Right as He comes into the world, He steps down into darkness to save us from it. But the light shines brightest at the cross where things are darkest. Because we're told that it's at the cross where all that moral darkness all that insanity, all of the judgment and condemnation that goes with it, this world of your and my darkness of sin is put on Christ. It all comes together in one point, one moment, one person who bears God's justice and wrath on darkness. And He does it in our place. He does it for us. He bears it when we deserve it. And He does it so that He can pay that debt and offer us and the world forgiveness. Right? And that's where the light shines the brightest against the darkness. If we repent of our self-centeredness and our sin, if we put our faith in Jesus. He says, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. Right? Whoever will put their faith and trust in him, listen to him, hear his word, obey him, will walk then in the light as he is in the light. 2 Corinthians 4, 6. I think one of the most beautiful verses, at least I love the power and the imagery, the God who said that light shine out of darkness. It's a reference to Genesis chapter 1 when at the creation is things were still dark and chaotic and God says, let there be light. In a divine fiat, in a word of power, he brings light out of darkness and he said this same God who spoke in that kind of creative power at the beginning of the shaping of the universe and the world has shown in our hearts, has spoken that same word, let there be light in our hearts. He has shown in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ, to see what's what. To see that Jesus is who he says he is. I am the light of the world. And faith in Jesus Christ will break the reign and power of darkness and return us to God as His people.
This is the way Paul describes it in Colossians chapter 1. I'm using a lot of scripture to unpack these. I'm the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness. He will have the light of life. Colossians 1, Paul says, He, God, has delivered us from the domain of darkness. And He has transferred us into the kingdom of His Son. In whom we have our redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. It is a kingdom of light and mercy and grace and forgiveness. And we've been transferred from one kingdom to another. And so Jesus tells Paul in Acts 26, I'm sending you to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive that forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by their faith in me, who step out of darkness Right? He talks about to open their eyes, to bring them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to the power of God. Right? We're, we're talking about nothing less when we talk about Christmas, when we talk about the Christian faith. Darkness to light, the power of Satan to the power of God. I am. He says, the light of the world. And so we, finally, are children of light. Right at the end of verse 12, when he says, I'm the light of the world of you, whoever follows me is going to walk out of darkness and not walk there anymore, but he will have, she will have the light of life. You will have it. You have the light of life because... You have him. If you have me, he says, you have the light of life. Which illumines all of life. It's like the sun when it's shining. As it is today, we not only see the sun, but we see everything else by the sun. It illumines all of the world. When there's no sun, there's darkness. But when the sun is out, we don't even look at the sun. It's usually not healthy for you. Stare directly. But... The point is, we see everything else by the sun. He says, I will give you the light of life, that light by which you will see what's what, where you can see the world as it is in God's eyes and in God's making. And he says, you will shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. I am the light of the world. Jesus is the blazing sun of the soul who makes blind eyes see. And so those who follow Jesus, just leave you with these three then ideas coming out of it. Those who follow Jesus, who is the light of the world, you're given the light of life. And that light of life, I'm going to say it in, not limited thereto, but includes a new identity, a new way of living, and a new purpose and a new mission. A new identity, right? A new way of living and a new purpose and mission. Right, a new identity that he has transferred us out of the kingdom of darkness, the domain of darkness, the reign of darkness and its power over it. I've transferred you out of that domain into the kingdom of my son. You have a new status, a new place, and a new identity. And so in 1 Thessalonians 5.5, 5, Paul says this, For you are all children of light. You're children of light. You're children of the day. We're not of the night. We are not of the darkness. Don't you love just the the power of the indicative, the blessed indicative? 
Indicative is just statements of fact. Right? It's just a statement of fact. You are all children of light. You are. You are not of the darkness. Right? That is who we are. It should be an identity that we, we hold, that we hold dear. As those who follow the light of the world out of darkness and ourselves become the very children to be, there's, there's a whole nature there to be, be children of the light, to be born of the light, born again of the light of the world by the power of the light of the world. A new reality, a new identity. I'm the light of the world and you are children of that light. A light with his light. And so this new identity, this new reality in Christ says we no longer walk in darkness. We have a new way of living. We no longer walk in darkness. We have eyes that see. We follow Him. He says those who follow me will not walk in darkness. So just to say He's the light of the world really doesn't get you out of the darkness until you follow Him out. It is those who follow the light. Those who follow me will not walk in darkness. To follow Him is to know Him, to know what He said, to believe what he said, to live what he said, to conform our lives to what he said, to be like him, to grow more and more like Jesus, children of the light, to grow into that idea. If we're children of the light, we need to grow up and to be, in that sense, adults in the light, mature in Christ. Sean 1.7 says, walk in the light as he is in the light. Common sense. It's the same, it makes me think of Old Testament, you know, how God used to say this. How did he used to say this? He used to say, be holy, because I am holy. He says, walk in the light as he is in the light. Follow him. 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? There are a lot of us who need to ask that question. Because the answer is rhetorical, and the answer is none. What partnership does righteousness have with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? Or again in Ephesians 5, 8, he says, At one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. You are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. The fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And where do we learn what it means of what is good and right and true? Most of you know Psalm 119. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We learn what is good and right and true. The word of God lights our way, teaches us who God is and what he has done and how he has made the world. It teaches us what to believe and what to know about him and how we should live and and what what Jesus was like and what it means to be like him. In the midst of all the conflicting opinions and the moral fluidity and the moral chaos, the word of God shines as truth in darkness. You have a new identity, you have a new way of living, and you have a new purpose and mission because you and I are ambassadors of Christ, ambassadors of then the one who is the light of the world. 
And so it's an amazing twist. I mentioned it last night as we were lighting our candles and lighting each other's candles from the light. It's an amazing twist when Jesus is the light of the world and he takes it on. You know, God is the light of the world and he takes this identity to himself. And in Matthew 5, at the end of the Beatitudes, he says, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hid. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but he put it on a stand and it gives light to everybody in the house. In the same way, let your light shine like a city on a hill. You are the light of the world. Like a city on a hill, let your light shine, he says, before others so that they may see your good deeds. may see Christ in you and give glory to your Father, a blessed God-centeredness. Give glory to the your Father who is in heaven. What is Jesus saying? He says, he is the light of the world and he has lit you on fire. You, he has made us a beacon in the darkness. I like that image of a lighthouse as a Christian imagery. You know, a light in the darkness that helps navigate safely. We are children of the light, children of God sent forth to shine his light in and through our lives, in our speaking, in our living, in our choices, in the way we treat people, in the way that we follow him and honor him and worship him. Philippians 2.15 says that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. You have a new identity, a new way of living that is part of your witness, and a new mission and a new purpose, shining as lights in the darkness, in the midst of a twisted and crooked generation. My friends, do you know who you are? Do you know what you are? As a son and a daughter of light, children of the light delivered out of the domain of darkness, by the Lord of light, the one born on Christmas morning, stepping down into darkness, dawning on us and in our hearts, shining in the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ as we see him for who he is. Do we live it? In a world that is literally stumbling in moral and spiritual darkness and chaos, do we live out our identity and our calling in Christ? At work, at home, at school, around town? I am the light of the world, Jesus says. It's outrageous. <laughs> Unless he is who he said he is. And my friends, he is. And one of the questions then for you is, have you seen him for who he is? Have you embraced Jesus as the light of the world, as the, as the one whom he said he is, the one who gives light in the darkness, the one who can deliver us from the domain of darkness into his own kingdom, who can save us from ourselves in that sense? Have you embraced him and put your faith in him as the one who can do that? are following him. 
Perhaps your flame is burning low this Christmas. You say, I'm, I'm a light in the world. Jesus said, I am. Sometimes it feels like my light is just a little flicker. And I was walking around with the candle last night trying to keep it from going out. You know, the little wind blows on it and it seems to burn very low. We can get there. But Isaiah also tells us that a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. And Christmas is a great time to huddle close to the flame, to his heat and his warmth that is ours in Jesus, to huddle close to the light of the world, to be filled again with the freshness of his spirit, the, the spirit that sets us on fire, that, that causes us to fan into flame that, that work that he has begun in us. He invites us near. He will not put out the smoldering wick. He invites you in. He will light us and again and again. One of Michael Card's songs, he hands us each new moment and says, my child, begin again. Draw near. Light your flame again. It's a good time to be reminded you are all children of light. May the light of Christ set your whole, your whole soul on fire this Christmas. Pray with me. Father in heaven, we thank you that though our world walks in a deep darkness, you did not leave us to our darkness and to the judgment and condemnation that comes with it, but that you stepped down into darkness and on us a light has shone has dawned, for unto us a son is given, a child is born. He who is the light of the world, Father, help us to see him for who he is, to honor and to worship him for who he is, to embrace him and to follow him for who he is, that he may lead us out of our darkness and into the light of life. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen.